Philippians chapter 4. And I'm excited about giving the truth to you. I saw it and it's a blessing to me and I couldn't wait to let God's people know about it. It's good to be in the house of God. It's good to have God's Word. It's good to meet together. And uh, we, ought to, we ought to treasure every time we can meet as a church. Don't take it lightly at all. It's a, it's a blessing. And so thank God for it. Philippians 4, and uh, I'm going to be speaking to you tonight on the subject of the basis for healthy thinking. The basis for healthy thinking. You say, Preacher, I thought you'd bring a Thanksgiving sermon. Well, you know how I am about specialized sermons. But besides that, you get healthy in your thinking, you'll be giving thanks a lot. And by the way, giving of thanks helps your thinking to be healthy. It really is one of the best tools that our loving Father gave us to keep our souls and our heart and our mind right is the giving of thanks. There's so many ailments of the soul and of the mind that uh, are, can be defeated by giving of thanks. Uh, even uh, physiologically, uh, giving of thanks and being thankful and expressing thanks releases endorphins. They are, uh, there's the things in your body that actually have a positive effect on your physical health. And uh, it's a tremendous thing. Philippians 4, and let's look in verse 1, please. It says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Odeus and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. We've got music. Dorothy, is that, uh, Dottie, sorry, is that you? Pardon? You got to hate it when your team you order gets shows up at your door and they let you know everything. So, so verse two, I was hearing it and then I was I was encouraged to know it was coming from outside my skull. That made me happy. Verse two, I beseech Iodius and beseech Sentici that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Now I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, Think on these things. Let's pray together. All right, Father, guide our minds into Your Word. Help us to learn from it so we can take it starting now, Lord, and go forward in this thing You want to teach us tonight. Ask in Christ's name. Amen. The basis for healthy thinking. First 8 of chapter 4 is a well-known verse. How many of you are pretty familiar with that verse? I'm not going to put you on the spot. How many of you think that you could come close to quoting it? Maybe you'd miss one or two, but you know it's pretty much part of it. It's many of us, isn't it? 
But here's what I want you to understand. As I have preached that verse, and as I have considered that verse, as I have sought by the grace of the Lord to live that verse, as I have talked to people in personal counsel about that verse, and uh, as I've written things about that verse, I have always thought, I'm getting it. it. It says, it means what it says. The Word of God always does. But I always thought there's something, there's something a little bit richer that the Lord has in it. Not something new. I didn't discover some great truth nobody else has ever seen. But just something that, that will help with the mind. Because I'll give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I'm trying to help somebody to be biblical in their thinking and take them to this verse and say, well, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Okay, so think about true things. That's right. That's the proper application of the verse. That's what it says. So, you know, think what are some things that are true that you know are true? And uh, then say, whatsoever things are honest. Maybe you know something that's honest or somebody that's honest. Those are all, those are all very real. But I, I was meditating on this verse and I just started going down through each of the words. I got down to the word on. The end of it, it says, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So that thinking on deals with the whole group of, of, of different things which are mentioned in that verse. Well, obviously, thinking on means you dwell on these things. Virtue, praise, and you know, so forth. But what really blew my mind when I got to looking, I thought, wait a minute. There's another way on is used as well. And I checked it after it caught my attention in the English. I checked it. Interesting word, that word on. It's the word logismo. We get the word logic from it. Think on these things. I am to think on or think about. That's not the word to choose, but thinking about or thinking on, putting my mind on things that match what it says here. But I'm also supposed to think on these things. In other words, what I, I put down here is thinking on these things is building your pattern of thinking or your logic on these things. How you approach what you approach with your mind. Okay, preacher, I don't quite get it yet. No. Stay with me and I'll show you scripturally with it. This verse, what I, what, I, what I submit to you here is that this verse not only deals with the object of our thoughts, which is primary interpretation, but it also deals with the origin and operations of the thoughts. In other words, from what base do you start your thinking? Where are you coming from with something? Um, <laughs> there was... a. Uh, there, 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 was, there was a little, a little tense moment this evening when I first came in with, with our neighbor there, and me and him, just a little something that happened there. And he, I, I found out later several things that happened today, and he, he was pretty upset. And I just stopped. I said, hey, hey. I said, we don't do this. This is how we talk to each other. And he just stopped. He goes, you're right, we don't. <laughs> I said, no, this is how we do. I said, other people act like that. I mean, you don't. I said, we're cool. And he goes, yeah, you're right, we are. And... <laughs> You know what we're doing? In other words, we're going to approach this from a different base. I'm not trying to mess with you. You're not trying to mess with me. You know, we're going to, we're going to approach this from a different base. And isn't it funny? Now, you think somebody's trying to take advantage of you. You think somebody's messing with you. How's that conversation start? But if you come at it from the angle of, ah, I'm going to find out first of all what's going on and then go there. How's that sound? A lot different, isn't it? 
Well, thinking about that, this thing of on is the idea of not only you're thinking on true, what's true, you're thinking on whatsoever is pure, lovely, good report, honest, all these things. But not only that, but as you're thinking on it, it's also the base of your thinking. I'll explain further what I'm talking about. It's not only the object of our thoughts, but it's the origin operation. What we're going to find out when we, we go into this biblically and we're going to break this down, if we choose to start our thinking from the basis of what this Bible verse, this powerful verse teaches, it's going to affect our ability to observe things. You ever miss something because you were all upset about something? You ever miss something because you were depressed and down and just didn't see what was there? It'll affect our ability to observe and it will affect, Philippians 4 eight will literally affect the conclusions we reach by what we do observe. We want our thinking to be biblical. Not just, and I say just, to me that's too light of a word. It's a wonderful thing to have many verses in your memory. I thank God for the verses in my mind and being able to bring them up. I think that's a priceless treasure. In fact, I know that's a priceless treasure. But it's not just in that sense of that word. You, you and I having Bible verses in our memory, God wants to cause us to think biblically approach things in the way that God wants us to approach them so that we can represent Him in a very needy, broken world. Because this whole world needs the witness not only as we tell them the Gospel of Christ and tell them about why the Lord Jesus came to this earth and how He came to save broken man. His victory when He suffered in our place on the cross and when He rose with victory from the grave. Not only do we give a clear presentation of who He is and what He did, but that needs to be backed up by clear living that our life's been affected by Jesus Christ. That starts with us thinking in a biblical way. Let's look at the verses here and, and go with it. I want to give you some of these and you'll catch on to it as we go through. The first thing in the list, and there's no better order of things than the way the Lord does them, so let's look at it. It says, finally, brethren, and I love that. Um, I thought of Brother Jenkins when I was reading through Philippians again. You know why I thought of it? Because it says finally three or four times before it's done. <laughs> I'm going to tell him too. I'm going to talk to him. I said, Brother John, you're a Philippians preacher, man. And we're going to have fun with that. Of course, I'll probably pay for that dearly at some point. Philippians 4, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Here's what true means. Several different things. I love it. It's, it's a multifaceted word. It means conformable, conformable, can't say it tonight, to fact. Conformable to fact. It matches the reality of it. It means genuine. That's another thing true, but that's a true representation. It means faithful. I'll tell you what, they've been a true friend. What do we mean by that? They've been faithful. That's what we mean by that. Free from falsehood. That's dealing in the integrity of truth and not uh, dealing in lies and also not dealing in, uh, in deception and uh, deceiving. You know, that's the classic. Well, I didn't tell a lie, but... You so ordered things so as to lead somebody's mind into a wrong, wrong way. Then this, exact or right to precision. precision. Uh, talk about that with different, uh, uh, different things even used in construction stuff. You have to true this. We use that term. What is it? It's making it precise, making it right for what's going on. It means straight. They say it's, it's a true line. What is it? it? It keeps going. It has a straight thing to it. Not false or pretended. Let's think about this with our thinking. What if we build our thinking, decide to do it biblically, 
What if we start from a basis of truth? I'm not saying this like it's optional for us to do it. That's the right thing to do. What I'm trying to guide our minds into is thinking and realizing what can happen in our lives if our thinking starts from a base of what is actually real. How much damage is being done around us in all levels of life, social, political, religiously, economically, by people holding fast and propounding things which have nothing to do with the actually demonstrated facts with which we have to deal. As God's people, our thinking needs to be built on truth. I'm going to approach something, and here's the, here's the first acid or litmus test. Is it true? I want to know if it's true. Is it verifiable? By the way, it'll keep us out of repeating a bunch of stuff that we shouldn't be messing with if we go through that by itself. So is it true? And what, The Bible says that what sort of things are true. Think on these things. The basis of our building for our thinking process needs to be truth. By the way, that's why you don't want to fill your mind full of stuff that's you know, spurious and speculative and you don't know for sure whether it's legitimate or not and you fill your mind with that, I am promising you, if you're addicted to the news cycle, you are damaging your mind and your soul. If you're just pumping that stuff in all the time, you have people who are professional liars. They are professional propagandists. And you will become so agitated and so upset, either angered at what you see, or you'll be taken into areas of depression by an overabundance of this stuff that you'll have this idea that nobody wants to do right anymore and everybody agrees with every type of perversion there is and nobody's uh, standing and nobody's doing the right thing and God still has a remnant. He's always had a remnant. By the way, the remnant eventually seek each other out. They find each other. Why? Because they say, here's something that's based on truth. May God help us to build and learn truth and, and be based on that. Then what's the next one? Look at there. First one's true. What sort of things are true? What's the second one? They're honest. The actions and words that come forth from truth. I mean, have you ever heard the term honesty is the best policy? Have you heard that? No, that's not accurate. Honesty is the only policy. No best to it. Honesty and things that are honest are actions and words that come forth from truth. Truthful thinking leads to honest living. Let's think about things that are honest. Let, let me give you a real life scenario how, how that plays out. When we think on things that are honest, that's our base from which we build, we're not looking at a way to play the system and take advantage, we're looking at how to have integrity. How to do things the right way. Oh, a wise person looks for the best way to um, do things honestly. If I have an opportunity to buy something at one place and uh, it's $25 more for the same thing than it is somewhere else, I hope I'm shrewd enough and look around enough. I'm, going, I'm not going to spend that extra $25 just to make the one person happy. That's what I'm talking about. 
When I say playing the system, it's the you got to go along to get along mindset. It's that compromising into the moral realm in order to gain advantage. It's learning to do things in the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants to be honest. But how do we build our, build our thinking on honest? What sort of things are honest? Think on these things. That's, 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 we think on them, and they are the basis from which we think. Let our, it should shock us to think of doing something underhanded or crooked. Do you know there are some people that you could, you could leave $100 sitting out and forget it was there and that person could come by it 15 times in a day and they would never touch it to take it. And there are other people, they'll take it if it's in your back pocket. Now, at a less extreme, you have someone who says, well, they just take it. What's the difference? The difference is what's inside. You know why the one won't take what isn't theirs? Because they're honest. Watch where things are true. Watch where things are honest. What if we decide that we're not helpless victims in this thing of how our mind works and we believe God's Word that we have a choice on that which we think and we do it God's way so that we can be more helpful and more useful as a vessel to Him. And by the way, we'll find out that we will love God better, more fully with ourselves. We will love each other better. And uh, we'll be a valuable tool in the sand when we do things God's way. Look, look at the next one. Be, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Look at this next one. It says, whatsoever things are just. That's an interesting one. Just is to act in an equitable and impartial manner based on truth. It's to do that in harmony with God's revealed written will. I wrote this statement down. I want you to think with me on it. How differently much of what we say to and about one another would sound if we had thinking which started with the desire to be just. Thinking that has a desire to be just would do away with most harsh and accusatory speech that tears down instead of edifying. Also, it would be the end of slander in our lives. Thinking on things which are just will shut off slander right now. You know, it's still slander if you perpetuate unsubstantiated things about somebody even if they're famous or if you don't like them. God doesn't want us doing it. Give you an illustration. I saw an illustration in my own household that I, uh, I learned much from. And I mentioned this once been almost a year ago, but to me it, it was simple but profound. At our house, when, uh, when the grandkids come to Nemo and Pappy's, uh, they, which is us, and uh, they come and they have their own little cabinet down in the basement that's got their toys in it. Well, they have a Lego room upstairs too. Nemo pretty well 
went grandkid crazy after we booted the two boys out. Um, but they're, uh, they've got their own little cabinet of their toys. They stay in there. And uh, they'll come get those. They can get them. There's all kinds of things. There's everything from foam swords to fight with to, you know, they got Legos, they got cars and trucks, and you name it, they got. Well, they have a good time. They're, they have fun, and we play, and, you know, I wrestle with them and, and, and have a good time, and, and uh, we have fun, but we don't roughhouse, as it were. They, you know, um, house is house, and kids need to know not to tear up a house and not to act like wild animals in a house. And I believe that's important for the moral fiber to learn to do that. And so uh, they don't do that in Nemo and Pappies. And I do have them either. They're not allowed to tear things up, but it's, uh, they just don't. And then at the end of a visit, same thing every time, um, they go through upstairs where they go up and play and on the main room and down the basement. Um, they go through and gather everything up. Everything needs to be put back where it goes at the end of the visit. Every time. And every time something gets missed. Amen. We find something later and then we play with it. Um, but it does. But they go through. And they start top and go through. And uh, Logan and Bethany are real good to go behind them and, you know, hey, make sure you get it. Okay, we're getting ready to leave. Oh, we don't want to go. And uh, then it's, no, go upstairs. Let's get everything. And then ask them and all that. But one time they were over visiting and the boys had come down and Logan said, did you put everything away up there? Yes, sir. We got it. Okay. You double-checked, yes, sir. Okay. I went up to get something, I think out of my office up there, and lo and behold, there's these little kind of primitive remote-control cars, you know, a big fancy primitive ones, several ones, setting out right in the middle of the room there. I'm like, really? So I went down, I went to Logan, I said, hey, I said, Bear, I said, there's a, I said, there's, there's trucks they were playing with, they're still in the middle of the, middle of the, floor there and they went up the kids went double check i could see it he's such a dad i could see it his complexion changed and uh, and he started to grow fangs and it was you know but i could see it he goes they looked at me and told me they had gotten everything i could just see it you could see it went all over and uh i saw him take a step and here's where i learned he stopped i know come on fellas none of us would have done that right no, no, never at all. Um, but he took a step and I heard him say, he didn't say it to me, he said, start with a question. And I saw him physically slow down. And so you could tell, and they could tell, he called the boys' names and they looked up. They could see his eyes. It was like, <laughs> he's like, did you leave those trucks out? Yes, sir. Why did you do that? You told me you'd put them away. Neemaw told us to. They need new batteries. <laughs> so he said later, he said, I'm so glad I asked a question. I said, not as glad as they were. <laughs> it's easy to blow past being just, isn't it? Finding out the facts before we speak in haste. And when we do unjustly, memories come to my mind when I have. When we do unjustly, we can say I'm sorry and we can mean it. And we should say, by the way, we adults, when we mess up and, and do something improper or mishandle something with our kids, we should be own up to it and tell them specifically what we did. Let them know God's working on all of us. Wants to help us.
But when we do that, we can do that and we can mean it. We can hug them to ourselves and say, ah, I'm sorry, I, I should have, I, I, I jumped to a conclusion there. But you know what? They forgive us. They're very good at that, especially if you're in the habit of that's your normal behavior pattern with them to try to be right. But it never quite takes the sting away, does it? Never quite takes that ugh, away that all of us feel, whether children or adults, when we are unjustly accused, when unjust harshness comes our way. You see how powerful this verse is and what it could do? Look what it says there. Finally, brethren, in the summation of all these wonderful, powerful things in this chapter of Philippians, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, what are we doing? We're to think on these things. We're not only to dwell on those things that we get to experience that fit those categories, but those are to be the basis from which we form our process of thinking. Not just letting our mind run randomly, but bringing every thought bringing every thought into captivity. We're so limited in what we think about with that verse. We think of it only staying away from impurities, but bringing every thought into captivity, having the same discipline towards Christ. God help us with this. Then let's look at the next one. And that one there I just talked to you about is, uh, is, very, uh, is very much the one that I wanted to give a lot of attention to because it's at the root of so much. You, that thing, the desiring to display, uh, or displaying rather a desire to be just is vital. It's to deal with the situation according to truth and to the intent. And then pure. Look at the next one. What sort of things are pure? What is pure? Without contaminants. If you have pure water, it has H2O. If it has H2O2, you've got hydrogen peroxide. You no longer have pure water. Uh, if it's H2O, what's that in my glass? You no longer have pure water. It, H2O, that's water, pure water without contaminants. Some contaminants that come into our thinking is pride. That's a huge one, isn't it? That's a, uh, that's a noxious contaminant that leaches out of the soil of our humanity into our thinking. Pride. Prejudging things. Assuming wrong motives in others. And that speaks back to what I was just teaching here about being just. Listening to prove our point instead of actually hearing the person who is speaking. Are you familiar with the term a bore? Not like a male hog. But a person being a bore, how many of you know that term? That's an older term. Uh, the hands raised at the age level, I would have thought. Um, bore is somebody who you really, like they dominate a conversation and they just go on and on about one subject and stuff like that. And the definition of a bore is someone who keeps talking when you want to. <laughs> the contaminant of listening to prove our point instead of actually hearing what the other person is saying. These are contaminants that come into proper thinking. Pride shuts down your capacity to learn. I, I got it. I know. I got it. I know. Oh, you don't have to tell me. Yeah. Hmm. I read a hilarious story. A lady and her husband had gotten a boat. They never had a boat before. He'd never backed a boat up before. And he was backing the boat into their drive, trying to, after being out, first time out with the boat, and had his truck, had his boat. 
He was going backwards. He'd never used his mirrors for that type of thing before and never backed a boat. Probably didn't know there's a lot of difference between backing a trailer and backing a wagon and uh, what you do with them. And he was backing up and his wife kept saying, you're getting close to that pole. He goes, I know where the pole is. You're getting close to that pole. I know where the pole is. And finally she goes, honey, you're getting close to that pole. Will you be quiet? I've got it. We know those tender moments in a marriage. He backed up, and anybody who's dealt with trucks and vehicles much know you can back your mirror directly into something while you're looking at that mirror. Very easy to do. It seems strange. Doesn't seem like you should be able to, but you can. And uh, crash took the took the mirror right off of the truck. He said that she's like, <laughs> she goes, "You got it." <laughs> and then very wisely, she ran into the house. <laughs> Sometimes we're in pride. We're saying, "I got it." And we miss what's going on. What sort of things are pure? We need to think on things that are pure. There's a lot of pure things. The Word of God was mentioned and thankful for the Word of God more than once tonight when we were taking thanks for things. But I went uh, thanking God for things rather. But why? Why has it got that appeal? Because it's pure. Love of God's pure. We talk about the creation and even though it, it, is, it is affected and the whole creation groaneth, and travail uh, until until God's deliverance is going to come. We we uh, uh, we we see so many things that that God's made. There are a lot of pure things to think on, and if purity is the basis of our thinking, without contaminants. Then how about lovely? I wrote down a little sentence, and I hope you get what I'm saying from this. If not, it, I won't fault you on it. I hope it conveys it properly. Thinking on things that are lovely. There are a lot of different things we can think of with that. We had mention of God's creation throughout the room tonight, giving thanks for that, and it is amazing how beautiful things are. We had the, on Woodpecker visit our, our thing tonight. When I stopped in. Was that this morning or early? And uh, it's not the redhead. There's another woodpecker that has a redhead, but it's not really the redhead. It's a smaller version. I forget. I think it's actually called red belly, but it has a redhead. Somebody's in ornithologist can tell me that later. Um, but we're looking at that, enjoying things. How pretty it was. When the sun came out all of a sudden, those clouds broke up, boom, and it had some brilliant sunshine hit. It was just gorgeous. Those are lovely things. Uh, we see some lovely things. But this thinking on things that are lovely and using lovely as a basis of our thinking, in other words, we're coming from a point of looking for the good, not looking for the rotten. We're coming from a point of a thought process of realizing our Heavenly Father is a wonderful Heavenly Father and there's all kinds of good things and open our eyes to what might be there. Here's what it's like to me. and It's like choosing to bring a good fragrance into the room. How many of you like the smell of baking bread? Cooking bread, I love that. How about cinnamon rolls? Whether you're going to eat them or not. Amen. I love it. Some of them smell so good you gain four or five pounds every sniff. <laughs> Thinking on those things which are lovely brings a good fragrance into the room. Many of you have mentioned to me, I mean a good number of you, that you thoroughly enjoyed having Brother Fennel with us. And it wasn't just the fact he's a very good, solid Bible preacher. Gets in, straight into the Bible, and, you know, 35, 40 minutes just load your wagon with good, solid Bible stuff. 
But I'll tell you what was mentioned to me was you just liked him being here because he brought a refreshing. He brought a blessing. I've now had occasion to speak to him on the phone. We've met together. He was preaching a revival um, down around Waverly. He drove up to Circleville. I met him there. We met for about an hour talking about some things. And I've had different places we've talked. And that's a consistent with him. I called him early Monday morning. Actually, I texted him real early and said, call me uh, when, when you get an opportunity. He called me back a little bit later. And uh, I had a couple of questions I need to ask him. I was asking about his wife's mother about Amy's mother, and, and uh, she's, um, the, the cancer's advancing, but what they're totally startled by, there's no pain with it. It's not that she's taking meds or chemo, there's no pain with it, and that's really startling. Her appetite is, she's not eating as much, but she hasn't been getting ill, and uh, so they're very grateful for that. But when he answered, he said, hey, my brother, I said, hey, brother, Fennel, I said, uh, said, how are you today? I love this answer. He said, I'm blessed to be busy. That's kind of his approach to life. I like that. I really did. I thought every now and then I'd like to not be quite as blessed. But he said, blessed to be busy. Meaning by that, it's, it's a privilege to be serving the Lord. It's a privilege to have health where you can be up and about and strong and doing things. And so, lovely. What if we choose to start from those bases? Would some of you agree with me that it's, there's many who have started from a very opposite place of all this type of thinking? And what you've had, this example in front of you, hasn't matched what we see so clearly given in the Scripture? And that if you really take assessment, there's a lot of it that comes out in your own approach to things. Well, we have a living God. We have a living God who actively interacts with our life. As saved people, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us. We are blessed to have a copy of the Word of God. That means that all things are given unto us which pertain to life and godliness. That means starting... Now, as you're learning this truth, starting now as you're learning this truth, you can start making biblical steps to undo what may have been years and decades of wrong approach to things. And you can know biblical freedom of thinking on some things, coming from a different place of thinking, a biblical place. I'm not talking about self-esteem and power of positive thinking. I'm talking about biblically founded approach to how we go about things. Look at these last ones and we'll be done. Good report built off of the blessings. I love good report. I just mentioned what Brother Fennel said. It was encouraging to me. Different blessings. Somebody will do that and I love it. I used to love, I know I brought his name up last week also, but I love Brother Monty Watts. Most of you in here now, we're at a stage where you did not know him. A man who had so many different things physically in his life and so many different things that had happened, things known and unknown, but just the things he dealt with, being in the metal braces every day of his life and having been in the iron lung when he was young, as a young child. He played in a, a, a Little League uh, where this team did extremely well. The next morning, stepped out of bed and collapsed. Ended up in the iron lung. They didn't know what was going on. 
His life so radically changed. And yet, God used him for many years in those braces, in, those, in the situations he dealt with. Take him an hour in the morning just to get everything on so he could walk across the room. Didn't fly to any of his meetings. He's an evangelist. He didn't fly to any of his meetings because of all that that would entail. And he conducted 80 meetings a year. I have never personally known a man who carried that kind of a preaching load. And Brother Watts didn't go preach the exact same message 50 times in a year. Nothing wrong with a man repeating things in different places because he finds it to be helpful, but he was constantly studying. Can I tell you a consistent thing with him? And, and I had the privilege of knowing him, being a friend for years. Consistent thing with him. Every time you met Brother Watts, every time he would, it would be like this, Brother Manny, did you hear about Brother So-and-so over there? Now, wait a minute. You don't have to worry about any gossip coming at you. No, Brother Watts. Let me tell you what God just did on their big day. Brother Manny, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you know what God just did for their building? Did you know what God just did in there? And you know what he did? He went around all these churches, so many people he knew in the nation, and he got good report here, good report here, good report here. And when he went to the next place, good report, good report. Uh, I think that might have been part of the reason why he was leading doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals to Christ as his health deteriorated and where his life became such a such an ongoing treadmill of medical appointments. Hey, brother Manny, talked to him four days before he passed away. Hey, brother Manny, let me tell you about somebody, Jan, and I just got to lead to Christ. How God brought them to us. How ready they were for the gospel. I think there might be a direct connection to those things. Oh, that was great for Brother Watts. No, that's for all of us. You and I can live the life God wants us to through His power. We'll not do it in our own strength and pride. In fact, that goes against it. And then finally, if there be any virtue, that's moral strength or force. That's the vitality of life. Let our thinking, let our system of logic come from a place of moral strength. And then I love it. Look at the end of the verse there. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, may God help us, and I mean that, may He help us, to make praise be the origin and the destination of our thinking. Maybe where it originates, maybe the destination of it. Think on these things. Yes, you give attention. I'm thinking on Think about things that are lovely. I'm thinking about something that's honest. But also think on these things. It is the... Here's, let's build our thinking, our logic, our, our system of thinking from things that are pure, that are lovely, that are virtue, praise, all, all these things. Let's decide to come at it from God's way. Let's decide to come at this life from what God's given us, not from that which is corrupt. Amen. Let me pray with you tonight. Father, thank You for Your people. Thank You for their obvious desire to learn Your Word. Help us to love You. Lord, to have this type of thinking, I need Your help in this, Lord. How do Your people do? Lord, You said we'd be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God, we want to be made like unto Your image. Thank You for saving us by Your wonderful grace. And thank You for the mercy You've shown us. God, help us to live a way that's consistent with the value of the gift You've given us. 
Bless, please, and help your people as they seek you. And right now, Lord, as people's hearts are towards you and they're thinking about this, Lord, would you do with them like you did with me and show them particulars in their life where they should start, what they should do, and help them take actual steps in their thinking. I ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand together, please. We have a song invitation. If something you want to come talk to the Lord about right now, make sure you know Christ is your Savior. That's the root of it all. The inner man being born again, passing from death into life. That's where it all starts. And then after that, Christ wants to, wants to guide us. A song invitation, why don't you come tonight?